blessing. We come this morning, a special service, Lord's Supper, and also a time of candlelight service. And I don't, I don't want to preach a long time this morning, but I want to do something probably that you may not have ever heard before, but just bear with me. I want us to look in the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 2. Forty-seven years I've been preaching Lord's Supper, and my favorite part of the Lord's Supper is to preach the past, what the Lord has done for us, the present, what the Lord is doing for us, and the future, what the Lord will do for us. But this morning, I want to just kind of talk and, and uh, just kind of talk about sweet communion with the Lord. This beautiful picture here in Ruth chapter 2, the Bible says, Boaz said unto her, at mealtime, come thou here, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. Let her fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. Leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out that what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of a barley. Father, thank you this morning how we've been blessed to hear this Christmas story once again, to sing the songs and to hear the music. Lord, we're, we're just thankful to be in this place. Lord, I pray that we could just forget about all the cares of the world for a few moments. And just uh, have a little meal time with you this morning. And we'd come here and just sit with you and eat and fellowship and just enjoy the time we have together. We're going to thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite hymns, as I know many of yours is also, was written by Austin Miles. He was reading the 20th chapter of the book of John, and uh, Mary was talking with Jesus in the garden. And it dawned on him that as he was reading that 20th chapter, that that was not necessarily just something that had to happen 2,000 years ago. It did happen. Jesus was talking with Mary in the garden. That is true. But it can also happen today. Just because we read about it happening, that's great. But we can still have fellowship and commune with the Lord even today. And he wrote those famous words. And he talks with me and walks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. We look at the story of Ruth. We see her enjoying sweet communion with Boaz. And uh, she's growing in her knowledge of Boaz, and she's getting closer. She's becoming more acquainted with him, and she's getting closer and closer to him. And that's exactly what Paul expressed in Philippians 3.10. He said, that I may know him, not just the joys of life, but I may know the sufferings of him, that I could really draw close to him. It's becoming acquainted with Christ. As we think about this Lord's Supper this morning, this is the time this morning for us to get acquainted with Jesus. 
sweet communion with Jesus. First of all, it's a special privilege to have communion with Jesus. Uh, through the years, uh, I've spent some time with different people that have meant a great deal in my life. I think probably one of the best times I had, our church staff, uh, we had a training time in Dallas, and we brought in Dr. Uh, Jimmy Draper and Carol Ann there, and we sat around the table. And I, I know for probably an hour and a half, two hours, we just sat there and picked their brain and just heard encouraging words and became so sweet and so, it just I mean, it was just like he was one of us. Uh, and that same thing's happened here to Ruth as she goes into Boaz and he says, you come eat with me. It's a glorious privilege. He said, at mealtime, you come here. He was inviting a gleaner of the field to come eat with the owner of the field. <laughs> Ooh, isn't that just what Jesus has done for us? He it's a glorious privilege one of these days, we're going to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be a meal like we've never heard before, never seen before, never tasted before. And the owner of this universe has invited us to come and sit with him. I remember it, I was in high school, you know, and you love in high school because uh, they're making you write all these papers that are just goofy. But anyway, you got to write them. Let me just tell you, young people, you got to write them. Uh, but anyway, I was reading, I remember when I was in high school, a sixth grade teacher uh, had asked her class to write a famous person to see if they could get anybody famous to write them back. And if some of y'all may have memory, you can Google it when you get home, true story. But this little sixth grade boy, at that time, President Carter was president, and he was getting Israel and Egypt together, and Begin and, and Sadat and all of them were together. This little sixth grade boy wrote uh, Prime Minister Begin and asked to see if he would write him back. Not only did Begin write him back, Begin invited him to Israel to spend a week with his family, with his kids. I don't know if any of y'all remember that or not. But he invited him back to spend a week with him. Uh, listen, when I read this story, I can't help but think of the greatest privilege I have is to spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the president. It's not the prime minister of Israel. It's not someone who's a great pastor. It's not someone who's a great author. It's not a great evangelist. But I'm telling you more than any of that, it's spending time alone with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, just curling up next to the fire and just saying, Lord, here's my heart. Would you just listen to me and knowing that he is there? Uh, it's a glorious privilege, but it's also a gracious privilege. I think about what Ruth has done to deserve. Now, remember, they're out here in this field, and they're working from sunup to sundown, and Ruth is not one of the employees out here. She's what's called a gleaner. She's like a slave. After everybody's picked over everything, the gleaners would get to come through and pick up what's left. And here Boaz is telling his guys, listen, uh, when she gleans, you let her have the run of the place. 
You let her glean wherever she wants to. In fact, I tell you what I want you guys to do. When you're picking, I want you to purposely just drop a big load right there so she'll be able to get it easy. What in the world did Ruth do to deserve that? Nothing. Could I ask you this morning what you've done to deserve your salvation? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Jesus has bought and paid. That's why we do this Lord's Supper. As often as we remember this, him, we're to remember him as we do this supper. See, if, if he didn't, wasn't born at Christmas, he would not have been crucified. If he wasn't crucified, he wouldn't have been barred, put in a barred tomb. If he wouldn't have put in a barred tomb, he wouldn't have been resurrected. And if he hadn't have been resurrected, he wouldn't have ascended. And if he hadn't ascended, he wouldn't be coming again for us. So as we participate in this Lord's Supper, we think, my soul, what a glorious and gracious privilege. There's none of us in here that are worthy of this. Now, I hasten to tell you this because I'm, we're kind of doing this all together. Our church practices open communion. You say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, that's okay. My, my daddy used to say that's why they make Fords and Chevrolets. You can drive what you want to, all right? But while you're in our house, we practice open communion. What that simply means is, is that if you've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, I don't care if you're Catholic, I don't care if you're Presbyterian, I don't care if you're Methodist, I don't care what you are. I had a guy last night say, asked me, he cornered me in, in Lifeway, and he said, uh, are, are you Pentecostal? I said, no. He said, well, man, you sure sound. I said, no, I'm just not dead. I've, I've been a Baptist all my life. I'm just not dead. Amen? How can you be dead when you remember what Jesus has done? That's what we do with this Lord's Supper. And so we practice open communion. That simply means that if you've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, you don't have to be a member of this church to participate. In fact, we encourage you to participate. We love Christian brothers and sisters. You say, well, we don't agree. My wife and I don't agree on everything. <laughs> She's still my wife. She's been wrong many times. I'm going to pay for that when I know. <laughs> See, guys, listen. It's not about us agreeing. It's about us remembering what Jesus has done for us and what he's going to do for us. It's a gracious, gracious privilege. It's a glorious privilege. Carl Sandburg wrote an autobiography of, uh, not an autobiography, he wrote a biography of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln had a son named Tad. He was a, he, he was a special child. He had a cleft pilot uh, plate there, and, and uh, President Lincoln would have given him anything. He just literally did anything for Tad. And one day, Tad was out playing in the White House lawn, and he heard some people cursing his daddy. And they were from Kentucky. They'd come all the way by horseback from Kentucky to the White House, and they couldn't get an audience with Abraham Lincoln. And so Tad walked over and said, y'all want to see old Abe? And they said, yeah, that's what, you know, blankety blank, you know, we're. He said, well, hold on just a moment. He walked in. He said, Papa, I got some friends out here that want to speak with you. Abraham Lincoln said, Tad, any friend of yours is a friend of mine. 
Aren't you glad? Any friend of Jesus is a friend of... Listen to me. There's going to come a day when we're going to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account for everything we've done and we've got one who's taken our place named Jesus. Saying, Daddy, he's a friend of mine. He's one of mine. (laughs) That may not mean anything to you, but I tell you, every time I take that Lord's Supper, I think, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I didn't do anything for it except trust him. We've got access to our Heavenly Father. The, 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 The other thing I just want to point out quickly is there's a purpose for this communion. There's a purpose. You get old, you kind of think, if there's no purpose, why in the world are we doing it? But there's a purpose for us participating in the Lord's Supper. Uh, It's not only a privilege, it it really basically is a prerequisite. Spurgeon said the most healthy state for a Christian is that of unbroken and intimate fellowship with the Lord Jesus. (laughs) It's needful for replenishing the depleted life. Boaz invited Ruth to eat with him. Verse 14, it was at mealtime. He said, at mealtime, you come here. That was around noon. We'd call it a lunch break. They'd worked in the field all morning. They were hot and sweaty and tired. And the mealtime was a place of rest, a place of, uh, to sit down, a place to eat, a place to replenish yourself and get ready for the rest of the day and go through the rest of the day. Serving God is a matter of giving. And giving, and giving, and giving. And sometimes those of us who give and give and give have forgotten that somewhere we've got to make up for what's taken out of us. I don't ever know a time in history when I've heard more about burnout Stress, mental, physical, emotional breakdowns. Lady went to the doctor and said, I feel run down. And he examined her. He said, Lady, you're not run down. You're wound up. We don't know the difference between run down and wound up. And in many cases, it's both of it. The instructions, if you've ever had an old grandfather clock, the instructions are on every one of them. Don't let it run down and don't wind it too tight. That's what we need to be doing as Christians. The biggest reason that folks are burning out and burning up instead of burning on is because they, they missed their meal time with the Lord. Vance Havner said it like this, if we don't come apart, we're going to come apart. If you're one who gives and you're one who serves the Lord, there needs to be a time when you're sitting at the feet of Jesus and you're getting fed. And you can't miss that time. It's not here at church. This is not the getting fed time. This is the celebration time. We'll have a good time. Hoopla. Praise the Lord. But you need to have a time at home when you're sitting with the Lord and you're getting fed. Get away and get alone. Our master never asked of us so heavy of labor. I know. Hey, I hear it all the time. I really wish y'all quit saying this to me. You're saying, preacher, I didn't call you because I know you're so busy. I'm busy because I'm, I want to be busy. I want to be working. I want to be serving. Out at Mason Creek last uh, week at the town hall, they said, 
well, you're not going to be able to do this. And I said, you're not here to tell me what I can do. I'm telling you right now, if you say, well, preacher, you're preaching too much. We're going to take this Sunday morning away from you and give it to Brother Case. I'll tell you, I'll preach somewhere else. I'm not going to quit preaching. I'm not going to stop. My strength doesn't come from my physical being. My strength comes from being near to the Lord and having folk praying for me. Our master never asks of us so heavy labor that leaves us no leisure time to sit at his feet. Now our problem, let me just tell you what my problem is. My problem is I've got addicted. I'm an, I'm an addict. I can go to celebrate recovery tomorrow, Denise, and say I am a recovering Hallmark movie addict. <laughs> Amen? I mean, there's a brand new one on Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. We're not talking about 2016 or 17. We're talking about brand new. Boy, they were good. And I don't have time. No, no, we may have to give some of that up. We may have to forego some of that. But I'm telling you, you've got time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And when we partake of this Lord's Supper, it reminds us as we examine our lives, I need to do a little bit less talking on the phone and the Facebook and a little more talking with the Lord at the feet of Jesus. It, it's a replenishing time. Some of you here are worn out. I invite you to come to the table. Fellowship. Sweet communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not only a time of replenishing, it's a, it's a time for receiving divine life. See, some of you are trying to serve the Lord, but you've never been saved. You've you got to get saved and get your heart right before you serve in the Lord. Or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna torque off on somebody. You may torque off even if you're saved. But, but if you're not saved, you, you're going to torque off. You don't need to replenish your life. You need to get life. You need to invite Jesus to come in. And before you have an opportunity to partake of this Lord's Supper, you'll have an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. You say, preacher, I can't partake of the Lord's Supper because I'd be doing it unworthily. That's the biggest piece of hogwash advice I've ever seen. You say, well, it's in the Bible. You know what? I was thinking this morning, we need to have a new campaign here. To bring common sense back to America. Just some good old common sense. I, I, I tell you, I was going to preach at Arabella, and there's two women running on the side of the road down here. And I, I praise God. If somebody wants to run, yeah, hallelujah. I get winded going to the car after this thing's over with. I'm not going to run down the loop. But I hope Y'all are not in here this morning. <laughs> if you are, let me just give you some common advice. If you're going to run on Loop 281, move over toward the edge of the road. I mean, there's only two of you. You don't need to be hugging the white line there. Because some of us old people don't see like we used to see. Now, I didn't have no problem meeting them. I saw them. No problem. But I was coming back, going to Mason Creek. And I met them again, almost clipped one of them. I'm sorry if you're in here. But see, when that sun's coming down in your eyes and you can't see real good 
and you're right up on somebody like the common, just common sense, just some good old common sense. It's what we need. Receiving the divine life. You see, he asked Ruth to come eat with him, and he shares his own with her. And he gave her parched corn. You say, what's that important for? Well, there's three phases in the life of Israel here. One of them is in Egypt. Now, in Egypt, they had leeks and onions and garlic. It's all right if you're an Italian. All right? Leeks, onions, and garlic. Now, when they come out of Egypt, they, they cross the Red Sea, and that they became eating manna. That was representative of being saved. But when they crossed the Jordan River into Canaan land, the Bible says the manna ceased. And they began to eat parched corn. So when he's offering her parched corn, what he's saying here is, I want you to come live the victorious life with me. I don't want you living back there. See, we got a lot of folk that did come out of Egypt. They were saved and they got delivered And then they come up to the Jordan River and they said, it's all right with you, Lord. We're just going to live on this side of the river. We're just going to be happy. We're saved. Praise God, we're saved. And I'm thinking, use a little common sense. God didn't want you just to be saved. God wanted to bless you with eternal life and abundant life here on the face of this earth. Salvation was not meant just to be pie in the sky. It was meant to be right here, right now, living through problems right now, victoriously. (laughs) The Christian life is the Christ life. It's received from heaven. And in fellowship, he gives the parched corn. It's replenishing, it's receiving. Let me give you the last one and I'll be through. It's also retaining life retaining it verse 14 she did eat and was sufficed that means to be full that means to be satisfied putting it in another east texas way she didn't have no more weak arm tired feet or a growling belly she was full she had her needs met the psalmist said this in psalm 1611 in thy presence is fullness of joy And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You want to know why some folk are saved? They know they're saved. They've been delivered. They've been over and crossed the Jordan River, and they've tasted uh, the, the, the victorious life. But now, all of a sudden, the cares of this world and all the things that the devil has thrown at them and all the things of life, suddenly they're just kind of down. I just kind of depressed. Could I just tell you that a lot of folk lose their joy because they've not been eating lunch with Jesus. And this morning, before we participate in this Lord's Supper, we've got an opportunity. If you need to be replenished, you can do that. You can come to these altars. You can do it in your seat. You say, well, well, then why come to the altar? Because it's a blessing to somebody else. There are other folks out here sitting here thinking, if somebody would just move, I'd move too. And maybe you could be the blessing for that. 
but you can do it anywhere. Maybe this morning you don't need to be replenished because you never were replenished to start with. You just need, before you partake of this offering, to surrender your life and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. I believe you're who you said you are, and I'm going to come to you and be saved. That will prepare you for this Lord's Supper. But maybe you're here like a lot of folks. See, the, the great thing about preaching is you get a chance to get right with God before you have to preach this thing. Maybe you're like the pastor. I've tasted the good life. I've lived victoriously. But I know what it is to be down in the dumps, the mully grubs. What a blessing and a precious time as we come to this Lord's Supper to say, Lord, I'm tired of living on the other side of Canaan. I want to cross that river again. I want to sit at your feet, and I want to fellowship in a sweet communion. That's what this Lord's Supper is for, a sweet communion. Ruth had it with Boaz, and I want to tell you, we can have it with Jesus. Father.